This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh delivers weekly recipes and fresh ingredients straight to your doorstep so you can cook delicious, quick, and healthy meals at home. There's three different plans, so you should be able to find something that suits your lifestyle. Shipping is always free, and by using my code, D-E-B-W-I-S, you can get $40 off your first shipment. Check out HelloFresh.ca for more information. Welcome back to Newfound Pod, a bite-sized podcast about Newfoundland. I'm your host, Debbie Wiseman. This is Episode 10, Bob Cole. Here's Lemieux, the center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux! Oh my heavens! What a goal! What a move! Lemieux! Oh baby! Four back in the net, and Chuck in front with Borshevsky. It is Gilmore waiting, waiting around the net, waiting! He's open! Gilmore! Solo job! And he's won it in a second overtime period! So, if for some reason you didn't recognize his voice, Bob Cole is an announcer for NHL Hockey Night in Canada. At 84 years old, Bob is semi-retired now, but still calls games from time to time on Sportsnet. He's been broadcasting hockey in some form, including the NHL regular season and playoffs and the Olympics, for about 50 years. He won a Gemini Award in 2007 for his play-by-play, and was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1996, winning the Foster Hewitt Memorial Award for Broadcast Excellence. He's in the Newfoundland Hockey Hall of Fame. He received an honorary doctorate from Memorial University of Newfoundland, and in 2016, he was appointed to the Order of Canada. Today, I'm going to talk to you about his legendary broadcasting career, but also tell you a little bit about the man himself. Bob Cole is a proud Newfoundlander, born in 1933 in the east end of St. John's. His father was the warden at Her Majesty's Penitentiary. He had a huge family, and his mom raised the kids. When he was nine years old, he was injured playing soccer and was laid up in bed for five months. While he was laid up, he put together toy airplanes 
and collected photos of players from the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. He got them from saving box tops, and the whole neighborhood got involved to help him so he could get the complete set. He'd listen to the games over the radio on Saturday nights, able to see the action in his mind due to the broadcasting abilities of his hero, Foster Hewitt. He was so enthralled with the broadcaster that when the games were replayed on Wednesdays, he'd be calling the game just like Hewitt. When he returned to school, he wasn't one for books, but his principal, who also taught grammar, told him, Cole, you should think about a career in broadcasting. When he was 16, he got his first job as a bellboy on a ship that sailed from St. John's to Halifax and then to New York City for a three-day stop where he got to see his beloved Yankees play and even met some of the players. Then they were off to the Caribbean, all in all a 42-day trip that earned him enough money to pay his own school tuition. He worked the same job the next summer, too. He was also a successful curler. He played in the 1965 and 1973 Canadian Mixed Championship, and he played in the 1971 and 1975 Briars as the skip for the Newfoundland team. He even gave former NHLer Toe Blake some tips to improve his curling game. He's a privately licensed pilot and almost joined the Air Force. He backed out when he realized the time he had to commit and that he actually may not even get to fly the plane at that time. He might have to navigate or operate the radio. He even survived a crash in Nova Scotia with just a few scrapes and a bump on the head. Jeez. In 1949, Bob saw his first NHL game in person. The New York Rangers were out of the playoffs, and NHL players weren't earning salaries like they do now, so they would go on tours to make extra money. He traveled to Grand Falls to see them play and got to meet all the players. Years later, he'd even get to play on a local team against the Boston Bruins. He held a few odd jobs, and in 1954, locked into a job at a radio station, VOCM. He loved it, and rigged an antenna onto his roof so he could get radio broadcasts from Boston and New York and study those announcers. His dream, though, was to broadcast hockey. One night, he decided to make an audition tape and recorded himself calling a local hockey game. His station was so impressed, they had him start calling the second period of local games and eventually started giving him even more to do. In 1956, he went on a road trip to New York with two friends and managed to see a Broadway show and a Yankees game and met Mickey Mantle. On the way back in Toronto was when he made a decision that changed the rest of his life. On a whim, he decided to drop off his audition tape at Foster Hewitt's office. The receptionist asked if he had an appointment. He did not. She called Foster's office, and he asked her to bring Bob back. Bob was beside himself at meeting his idol, but then Foster offered to listen to his audition tape with him. Foster sat and talked with him for over an hour on what it takes to be a great hockey announcer. Foster told Bob at the end of their meeting, Someday you'll be up here, and when you do your game, you'll go home afterwards, and your people will tell you that they enjoyed it immensely. They'll tell you how exciting it was, what a great game it was. And when they say all that, and they don't even mention your name, you'll know you've arrived. You've done the job. Bob took all of his advice to heart and never forgot it. In 1964, Bob left VOCM for CBC. He did the news both on TV and the radio, and hosted a long-time quiz show called Reach for the Top. While talking with his friend and fellow sportscaster Danny Galvin, 
Bob mentioned his dream of working for the NHL. Danny gave him the name and number of the executive producer at Hockey Night in Canada. One phone call, and Bob was in Montreal recording an NHL-worthy audition tape a few days later. The league was expanding at the time, and he sent his tape along to all the teams. He got close with a few teams. Philadelphia and Minnesota were close to hiring him, as well as the ill-fated Oakland Seals. Bob counts himself lucky that he didn't take that job offer. But he'd made an impression and was brought in to take care of the cues and the closing for the last game of the Stanley Cup final in 1968. In his book, he tells this story. One funny little aside about that game. Gordie Howe was being interviewed between periods. In the old forum, you had to kind of climb around to get into the booth, and when he climbed down for his interview, he saw me. Of course, we had met in Detroit when I was down with Alex Faulkner, and again when Gordie came out to Newfoundland to fish. Gordy looked at me and said, Here we go, we've got the new Danny Gallivan, have we? I was a little embarrassed at that, because I wasn't even doing the play-by-play. Ted Darling was. CBC definitely saw something in the young man from Newfoundland. Later that year, they sent him to Mexico to cover the Summer Olympics for CBC Radio. He got to call Bob Beeman's astounding Leap of the Century, a record-breaking leap in the long jump. The jump was actually beyond the limits of the measuring equipment. That fall, Bob finally got to call his first NHL game as the color man in Boston alongside his hero, Foster Hewitt. That spring, he got to do play-by-play for the first time and in a Stanley Cup semifinals game. Bob describes it in his book. April 24, 1969, an afternoon game at the Boston Garden, my first NHL play-by-play. What a game to start with. It went to double overtime before Jean Beliveau scored the winner the only overtime goal he scored in his career. It was history, and I was part of it. The Habs won the series, and they went on to sweep the St. Louis Blues in the finals and win the Stanley Cup. Afterwards, he was told that they got tons of calls about his work, and that he'd never work color again. He was a play-by-play man now, and he never did. Cold's longtime color commentator partner on Hockey Night in Canada broadcast was Harry Neal. They first worked together in the 1986-87 season, and from 1987 to 2008, they broadcast 21 Stanley Cup Finals together. He also did play-by-play alongside Bobby Hull and Bobby Orr. As for one of his famous catchphrases, Oh, baby. He says that isn't something he thinks about. It just comes out sometimes. His daughter Megan said, He's been saying that around the house as long as I can remember. He might say, Oh, baby, what a great-looking steak. By the way, he also loves to say, Geez which if you read his book, and I highly recommend you do, you will see that over 30 times peppered throughout. In 1972 came the Summit Series. From Wikipedia, the Summit Series, or Canada USSR Series, was an eight-game series of hockey between the Soviet Union and Canada, held in September 1972. It was the first competition between the Soviet national team and a Canadian team represented by professional players of the NHL known as Team Canada. It was the first international hockey competition for Canada after Canada had withdrawn from international hockey competitions in a dispute with the International Ice Hockey Federation. The series was organized with the intention to create a true best-on-best competition in the sport of hockey. The Soviets had become the dominant team in international competitions, which disallowed the professional players of Canada. 
Canada had had a long history of dominance of the sport prior to the Soviets' rise. This was a big deal. CTV had the TV rights to the game's broadcasts, but CBC had the radio rights, and Bob Cole was chosen as the play-by-play announcer. He flew to Montreal early and met with a Soviet interpreter to make sure he was pronouncing each and every Russian name correctly. He was so angry when questioned about a pronunciation and being told to say it the wrong way that he threatened to quit. Bob called the Summit Series, which Canada won, by the way, the biggest thing that ever happened to him in broadcasting. His work again impressed the folks at Hockey Night in Canada, who told him they wanted him to start calling games on TV. He'd eventually take over for Foster Hewitt's son, Bill, calling Toronto Maple Leaf games after Bill was unable to continue the job due to health issues. Bob was the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs for 30 years, and he broadcast at least one game in every final from 1980 until 2008. He's broadcasted the Olympic Games in 1968, 1984, where he called volleyball, if you can believe it, 1998, 2002, and 2006. For me, Bob Cole is the voice of hockey, like Foster Hewitt was to him. As I said at the start, he's still going, though not as often, calling games for Sportsnet now. Bob Cole has, and I'm sure continues, to give much time to various local charities, including his own Bob Cole Celebrity Golf Classic. I went to that one year. I don't golf, so we just hung out in the clubhouse and met the players. Ron McLean had this beautiful thing to say about Bob Cole's voice. It's not so much the selection or ordering of words, great as they are. It's the emotion of his play-by-play. It comes on you like smoke from a campfire. Warm, hypnotic, very much the spark of a story that will be passed on for years to come. Another note from his book, and I swear I'm not giving everything away, it's jam-packed with stories and I really encourage anyone to buy it, was that he was instrumental in making sure Wayne Gretzky came here to St. John's to play in an exhibition game during the Canada Cup. Mike Keenan was going to give Gretzky the night off, and Bob convinced him to get him to play since his son Robbie was a huge fan. Bob is married to the love of his life, Karen, and they had four children together, Christian, Hillary, Megan, and Robbie. I hope he is enjoying his semi-retirement. He's earned it. I'll end with one of Bob's favorite sayings, and it's a great mantra for us all in anything we do. I'm going to keep going until I get it right. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Feel free to share it with your friends if you did. Check out the site for links and photos at newfoundpod.com. I'm on Twitter and Facebook at newfoundpod. I deleted my Instagram because, frankly, I don't like Instagram and I wasn't using it. But please subscribe and leave me a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I'll be back in two weeks with the story of the Newfoundland Railway. Talk to you soon.